Alrighty, I've come to the conclusion this is my only chance to record a podcast at 10.30 at night. My mom is asleep, so we should be okay here. Finally on the computer after four weeks, I guess. Hi, welcome. Uh, I have a lot of things to talk about somewhat. Not a lot of time obviously so let's let's get the show going let's uh what 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 do we do i forget how the format works for my own podcast i think we just is the cold open let's let's start the show Everybody and welcome to a podcast with Jordan Haas. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. So, um, it's been a while. How was Barbie? How was Oppenheimer? I I have not left this house in over a month. I feel you know what I realize this is just like what people tell me parenting is like when you have a baby. You barely leave the house and you get very tired. So I guess we're just going full circle on this. Um, yeah, so being a caretaker to your mom's not really easy. Uh, so what I, I barely had time to play video games for months at this point. So I don't know what games people are playing. I heard there's a Baldur's Gate game. Look, I'm out of the loop. And I don't like being out of the loop in this, and it kind of hurts a lot. Um, so, I I don't really have much to really... It Honestly, in this episode, it would be a I-don't-know-what-to-talk-about situation. Because I, I... Barbie, Oppenheimer, Ninja Turtle, Strike... I honestly would rather just not do an episode and say, Oh, it's because of the strike, and lie. Um... But the truth is, nothing's really happened. I've been on my phone for like a month. I can't figure out which social media apps to use. Uh, Threads? X? Blue Sky? Honestly, calling it Blue Sky X Threads sounds kind of like a hype beast kind of clothing store. Get that Blue Sky X Threads today, sponsored by Mischief. Um, I, I can't, I, it, it sucks because you have to live and die through social media these days. If you want to do a business, if you want to be a personality on the, you have to have some sort of presence online and to be out of it for a month, let alone practically nearly two, three years kind of annoys me. Not going to lie. Because I feel like, well, there goes any opportunities I may have to do anything. And it sucks. I don't want it to be like this. I would rather, you know, go on my own talents and merits and, hey, 
Jordan's a good host or Jordan's a good writer, but none of that shit happens anymore. It doesn't even happen to guys like me. So the more I see what happens, it's just, I get defeated. And the sleep deprivation really fucks with your head to the point of what I'm saying right now, where it just feels like giving up is like 10 times worse, where you feel like, well, because that doesn't happen, why should you even bother doing anything? And it sucks. It's the worst feeling in the world when you get into that depressive state. Am I depressed right now? No. I'm just a little, um... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say... <laughs> I'm almost jokerified. It's like that laughing at how bad it's gone kind of thing. Uh, so, I haven't seen a Barbie. haven't seen Oppenheimer. Uh, saw Spider-Verse. I finally got to see Into the Spider-Verse. Because uh, I got a pre-order. And I gotta tell you, I thought it was one of the better uh, animated m- movies. Uh, I do like Miles Morales in it. Uh, I, I've, my favorite character is Hobie. I do like the Spider-Punk. Uh, there is a lot of Gwen being an allegory for trans rights in the movie, which I do appreciate. Because I listened to it on Because I watched it on my phone. Because, again, everything has to be through my phone. The best way to describe it is, uh, what has been happening is, my mom is chair-bound. She's recliner-bound. She can't move, so she can't get anything. So you, ha- so I have to be basically, like, five feet away from her. And she watches the TV. So I have basically just a headphone and a phone, and that's all I got. So I feel like uh, it's my only method to watch TV YouTube, everything. So, I, I'm not. I know I'm not watching it in full 4K, uh, 5.1 Dolby. But I got to hear a lot. But the music and sound design, which is I think a reason it needs to be played loud, is great. And I think that's an underappreciated statement in the movie. Uh, and I think that's kind of what I like. It's just I, I, the only thing is I think it's more style over substance in a lot of the tale but to me i think it's way better than the tom holland spider-man movies and i want to make sure the internet picks a fight which is better tom holland spider-man or miles morales in into the spider-verse and you have to pick and i'm gonna be the little uh, stinker here that says hey if you don't pick spider-verse you'd you'd you are not uh you're transphobic and you are r- probably racist because you do not like miles morales <clears throat> so I, I appreciate the spider-man movie i haven't seen barbie uh, i tried to talk about this on the patreon patreon.com slash jordan haas but I've only had like 10, 15 minutes at a time to talk about things, and it gets really annoying. Uh, Barbie, I knew it was going to be a success because people will, will essentially, it got hyped up before it came out. There's a cult appeal similar to that of like The Matrix when, the, when that movie first came out in the 90s. Um, and not a lot of movies do that. The Avengers already had a built-in audience because it had people looking up to the next film. Same thing with Star Wars Episode One, But you don't really have that kind of movie that has the cult-like audience that Barbie did. 
And I think the reason of it was, yes, there's a toy that someone grew up with, everyone's grown up with Barbie, but all of the behind the scenes says how it's a practical movie and how it's all this other stuff that's going on. And like always, the cultural critics, the culture wars, the daily Shapiro bullshit artists try to etch out a make it about me moment. And I just gotta just keep saying, why do people fall in the goop? These are dumb asses. They are not media scholars. They make it about themselves. They are horrible people who don't know how literacy works, or if they do, they try and side-eye it so that way that they can make it about themselves because that's the only way you can get enragement engagement and therefore get viewership because that's the way social media works these days. Social media is not who is the most talented person and look how clever they are and fun. It is now people who have to be a contrarian giving the shittiest opinions, people who are not knowledgeable about audiences saying the most dumb shit because they know people going in the comments correcting them or saying, hey, fuck you, buddy, is enough to get retention. And all of these social media people know, and they are not gonna do a thing about it because that's the way they get AdSense revenue. And people like Elon Musk don't care because they live in the goop. They want the goop. They are absorbed by the goop because that's the only way they get attention. Because like these culture warrior dipshit artists, they are not smart people. They just want the attention because that's the only way they are seen as likable. Why? Because these are people who have no talents whatsoever. They are not funny. They are not smart writers. They aren't even good op-ed columnists. Even if they were to offer a conservative, and I'm putting in air quotes, a conservative viewpoint in things. It doesn't come across as stuff that can be held to like high regard because the next episode, they're going to say the flip opposite and they say that's woke and they're aware of that because of that hyperbole, because of the hypocrisy that they spew on a daily basis, they know you're gonna keep like responding and there's gonna still get the review ships. So what they do is just say, ew, it's woke, woke go broke and hope for the easy clicks. It's the laziest form of media criticism, and it makes me pissed off as somebody who has fucking studied game shows for 30 years trying to cover this. It is it has pissed me off to the point of like, when you spend your whole life and this is your subject matter, and you are a game critic and a media critic, and you've done this your whole life, you know how things work in the industry, you know how things work in movies and television shows and video games, and here's some dumb shit going, where do they just fucking make a, a straight Call of Duty game? I'm like, you just go, why are they getting the fucking attention? And you realize it's because they have a dumb ass audience and people who believe their dumb ass opinions because because of the engagements that they give of their dipshit opinions, it gets shown into the trending pages because it's trending pages and you don't know any better. You watch it and you think, oh, this is the contrarian opinion. And because I'm a guy who grew up on South Park or I'm just a guy who hasn't really had really a black friend or a trans friend or any sort of, you know, normalized assimilation of society, you just get annoyed. 
And because the internet is very scarce and because literacy is very wrong and libraries are closing and education systems are not working to the point of the teachers kind of have to drop out because a lot of people in government are trying to make it harder and harder for them to teach. Or you have people who ban books that are of critical nature that is necessary in social studies programs. What happens is you fail the kids and they grow up being dumb, shitty pieces of shit. And I, look, I'm not saying I like kids. I was at one point an educator. I, I, <laughs> I do look at classes and go, hey, do they still do computer lab? I want to be the cool computer lab teacher. Um, but what I've noticed is it, it's all shit. Kids are smart, but they're not smart enough. A lot of the people who I will say, I'm not going to say affluent, because I think that that's kind of a shit opinion. Those that are well aware or at an early age have friends that are, typically don't become pieces of shit on the internet. They kind of go, oh, that is the case. And then for those that have like an acquaintance, or never really met the people, they say the dumbest shit, and then they go, well, I have a black friend. It's okay. I have a gay friend, so I can say this slur. It, it doesn't work, because they don't have the history of why that slur is seen as offensive, and they don't see why being the offensive person is funny. Even if you're going to go into the blue offensive kind of joke material, you need to have some sort of, of levity to understand why it, that's the case. You need to say the offensive shit because if you're going to be offensive, you're supposed to be a heel. You're supposed to be not liked because then eventually you get your comeuppance. It's like wrestling logic. The heel never wins. They win at the time, but they always get their comeuppance because they're a bad person. It's like watching roast battle and thinking, oh, you just have to be mean to people for them to like you and not any sort of clever wit or they actually like each other situation. It, that's that's how the internet has become and it has become a real scary place to say the least because it's brands the threads is brands 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 it, I don't really see my my friends on there that often I see Mark Cuban on threads and Mark Zuckerberg on threads more than I see my friends I on blue sky I do see my friends but it's kind of treated like the alt account on their old Twitter. It's not really the place where they're mainstream going, hey guys, what's up? I'm going to be streaming on Twitch today. It's their, boy, I have depression. Also, uh, I bought thigh-high socks so I can be an uwu cat girl. That's it. It's their uwu cat girl account. Which, by the way, shout-outs to all the uwu cat girls of the world. You make the world go round. X is the shittiest place because it's run like a shitty place. It's run like Reddit. It's like when Reddit got really bad, that's what it's become. And I 100% blame Elon Musk, but then again, it's always been shitty even before Elon Musk. I think the biggest problem is the, the Mr. Beast philosophy of Elon Musk. It's that 
because he's a rich billionaire, I'm gonna kiss his ass because then I can get a free Tesla or I might be going to Mars. So maybe my shitty life can get better because I'm kissing the ass of this guy who doesn't even know who the fuck I am and will never do that. Now, Mr. Beast, I see that too. Now, I defended Jimmy Beast, but a lot of the videos are just kind of, eh. I, I'm more t Team Chris. Trans icon Chris Tyson, thumbs up. Um, but things like the, we went on vacation and here's PewDiePie, that's his last video he, he uploaded, and I didn't like it. And I, I will explain why really quickly. Yes, the vacations, the $1 versus $250,000, that's something the sidemen do, that's something a lot of other channels do to show like, hey, look what, how much money you can get. But a lot of it was very fabricated, like the Eiffel Tower uh, buyout situation. It felt like Top Gear, it felt fake. When the video feels fake, especially if you're Mr. Beast, it just sort of goes oof. That's something he never really wants. He wants authenticity. And he created like a Top Gear kind of sketch that didn't really land. Additionally, uh, the last part, for a quarter million dollars, you can buy out a Japanese amusement park and then you can get PewDiePie to show up. And for like one minute, it's just him going, me and PewDiePie go a long way. We'll completely skip over the Christchurch shooting with the, hey, subscribe to PewDiePie over T-Series that caused the big massacre. We will skip over that. We will skip over Jimmy's long history of wanting to be a big popular YouTuber because of PewDiePie. Because it was just a, hey, PewDiePie, here's a theme park to you. Let's go ride a roller coaster. Oh, okay. And that fucking sucks. It's not fun. That was just, hey, look, I'm spending money to buy a YouTuber, and it's sort of like a day out. It, it, it sucked because, and I'll explain real, it, I know I said be quickly. First of all, that can never happen. If you have a quarter million dollars, sure, um, possibly you can rent it out, but that doesn't really happen. You can't rent out getting PewDiePie to show up. So the real video of this was to be a thank you for PewDiePie for being a friend to be a mentor to Jimmy Beast. That was the whole situation. And I think this is the case where Jimmy did not want to be the center of a video. This is a case of he did not want to be the main character of a Mr. Beast video because typically speaking, he doesn't want to be. He wants to be the host. He wants to be on the sidelines. He wants the boys, I'm putting in air quotes, to be the, the dumb people who dumb the, do the dumb shit. But for something like, hey, I'm treating this to, Miss, to PewDiePie, that should have been the video. It, for me, he could have made like a mini documentary about his history with PewDiePie, not just the like Super Bowl bullshit he did or him going on news but like early Jimmy videos where he says he's influenced by PewDiePie because he said that in early, early videos. And him meeting PewDiePie, he's never met in person, but he's talking to him. He's chatted with him. And those were encounters that if he had this big thing planned for PewDiePie, that should have been the video. Throwing a surprise party for PewDiePie should have been the video, not 
hey, here is a, a hotel in Spain and here is the Eiffel Tower and we're wasting all this money because here's the Sidemen. No, no. Your tree, it, it, it slowly becomes now a you know what a Mr. Beast video is. And I, I know he doesn't want to be formulaic, but his videos have become formulaic. And what that's just telling me is, hey, uh, we're gonna do like a, a car. We're gonna go to a car sale, buy a car for a dollar, and then a million dollar car. And we're gonna go over here and hand it out to uh, Pete Davidson. It's, it's ugly, it's, it's ick. I didn't, I, that, so I, I, I was just disappointed. I know he doesn't want to do the, the, the contest videos all the time. I get it. But <laughs> to the last two videos, even the raft video kind of stunk. Because it's just, none of these challenges felt exciting or fun or, hey, they did something accomplishing. It now got a little overproduced. It got into the... Oh, these aren't the best videos. This is the best at the moment they could do because they probably had four or five lined up and this is the best they have. <clears throat> and so after watching that, I watched uh, Jetlag. Now, I was, I'm saving this episode for maybe game shows, I suppose, but I wanted to give a quick shout out to Jetlag the Game Show. Jetlag the Game Show is one of the better internet game shows out there. I've been trying to talk about internet game shows for the longest time. And Dropout has the best. Uh, Dirty Laundry, uh, Game Changer, um, Actually. Make some noise as an improv game. But they all sort of work because it's all unscripted comedies set shows that fit and they're cheap but they're kind of produced in a way that is endearing Jetlag is a reality show but I would say it is very um, ambitious I would say it's the most ambitious reality show I have seen and this includes The Runner where like they did Connect for Across America or they played tag across Europe, or they did capture the flag in Japan in the most recent season. And it's all, each season is a different game. And you have like Adam and Ben, and, and you have Sam and a guest, and they all play the game. And it's very endearing because it's very nerdy, both in pop culture sense and in intellectual, like cerebral intelligent comedy, in a way that makes it perfect fodder it's a per it's one of the better internet game shows out there because each season is a different show and it's a reality show told from one team versus another team a 2v2 or 1v1 if it's the tag game and it's such a great show because you get the narration you get uh sam's narration is it sam in this narration i think it's sam does her narration and he hides it he hides the outcome and just goes, this is what happened in hindsight. This is the alleged story. If this happens, then this happened. And there's graphics and details and challenges and everyone has a camera and there's GoPros and there's all of these handheld microphones. And normally, 
If this was a reality show back in like, probably like even a decade ago, this would be over $100,000 worth of equipment. But knowing that because of what they do in documentary writing and what they, I would say it's sub 20,000 in equipment. And the way that they handle saving and uploading the footage, and even if audio issues or video issues happen, how they go around it, it makes it great. You feel like you're following the show along. It doesn't feel stale. It feels endearing. And it feels like a Amazing Race reality show that Amazing Race wishes they can do. I'm a big fan of Amazing Race. When I first watched Amazing Race, when it first started, way back in the 2000s, a race around the world was like a really cool idea because, hey, they're going all over the world doing challenges and this and this. And I'm watching Jet Lag and A Race Around the Globe is season two. And they made that look easy. When I know on a production standpoint, it was not easy, but they made it seem like possible. They made it seem like you could try this, you can do this. And it's not a dramatic reality show where it's friends screaming at each other, you fucked up, how could you fuck? It's like Great British Bake Off in a way where it's their best friends and if they fail a challenge it's the I let you down no worries buddy and they hug it out it's not a scream match they aren't tired because they are smart about the way they handle the production and they go hey at nine o'clock the game freezes you can take a nap for 12 hours like it's perfect they are well aware of what the toll takes on a production like this and they still go under budget and they still have a lot of fantastic challenge ideas even if they're just really bad puns and a good chunk of it is nebula now nebula is uh the best way to describe it is another streaming service similar to uh, well dropout is a comedy uh portfolio nebula is like um i was gonna say curiosity stream but i would say like a curiosity stream for YouTube people who are smart and I like a lot of smart YouTubers like Mark Rober and Tom Scott and I love the fact that the whole premise is if you have these YouTubers and instead of giving them their one little studio space in their apartment you give them an actual set or you give them an actual production budget what can they do and they come up with these shows it's it's smart it's a creator collective, uh, which uh, is really a smart idea in the modern streaming age because the creators get to forge their own destiny. And at the same time, that's kind of the thing, I think the way that Means TV is working when it comes to socialism uh, videos and projects. So in this weird world of television that we're seeing with strikes, writers things it's good that there are people trying their hardest to do independent creations online that are really good and feel like shows that they've wanted to create and wanted to promote and doesn't feel like well let's just spend three million dollars to hang with PewDiePie 
or let's create this TV show with this uh, reality show star because we heard reality television is still big. Um, it's, it's such a weird time. Uh, game shows and reality shows have pretty much been all on television. Uh, reruns of Celebrity, Wheel of Fortune, and The Chase have been on ABC. Fox has ever It's exactly what I predicted months ago. NBC is going to stretch out America's Got Talent. It, it, it's all sucky suck. Big Brother's going on right now. It's still a guilty pleasure show. Um, but it... The way I'm looking at all this is the cord cutters. The people who say I'm not watching television in general. I'm getting my content through YouTube, through Pluto TV, through maybe a Netflix, a Hulu, a Paramount Plus, a Max, the ones to watch. Are, they're raising the prices on all of these streaming services, and I know for a fact they're going to be blaming the, the, street, the, street, uh, the strike for this when this has happened before the strike. And if it all, if you put all the streaming services together, it all adds up to about the same price as cable. You know that if you add all the streaming services together, it's the same price as cable. So why don't you just have cable, huh? Why don't you just have cable subscription, folks? Because if you realize that like 18 bucks a month here, 12 bucks a month here, that's like $140. That's like the same as cable. Hey, hey geniuses, no one's fucking watching cable. The only reason people are watching cable is live sports. That's it. I, the last time I saw someone watch television live was AEW. Uh, Saturday Night Live, they don't even watch that live. They, if, if you can, you can watch that live on Peacock. They, the sports, the Super Bowl was live on Paramount Plus this year. Did you know that? You can watch the Super Bowl on Paramount Plus. YouTube TV does have it, but if it's a live sport, maybe you should only subscribe for a few months, and that's it. If that's how much it means to you. But I think it's all just live television. And I mean, there's an NFL Plus now, which is like a streaming service. Uh, Sunday Ticket is on YouTube TV if you love football. But I don't, I don't think so. I think the problem is we're now watching stuff a lot of times on demand. And if it's live event, like say a WWE pay-per-view, you can watch it on Peacock. It's on Peacock right now. So what, what I'm seeing happen is there's gonna be a scramble to be the first to do streaming of sports. NBA games, NHL games, NFL games, Major League Baseball, you name it. You can, UFC is kind of trying to do that right now. Uh, and that is the future of the content, is that you can watch this on an app on your computer or on your, your TV or your phone. Because it's always where television heads is where the sports goes. And while you can do live sports through YouTube TV or Hulu or whatever, you can't watch the streaming thing directly through Hulu. You have to have the Hulu live TV. 
it has to be a channel with the commercials. Unless you're talking Amazon Prime, which does the Thursday night football games. What I'm trying to get at here, and this is why I'm going around circles, we are very close from the future being all these apps and streaming services. I think the days of going, well, why the cable is bad, and we didn't know the Netflix, you know, Netflix was got rid of it. Well, no, it's always kind of headed that direction. It, it's not just you blame Netflix because, hey, they charge like 18 bucks and doesn't password share because that sort of streaming media is successful. Everything has to happen. No, it's because, well, everyone wants a slice of the pie. A future was always going to be what's the most convenient for people. Now, obviously, paying high prices is never convenient for somebody. And obviously, piracy is always going to end up being a thing. But when it comes time to you are uh, <coughs> the best way to describe it, there was a time when you when you were a dad or you are a, a guy who loves your NBA, you love your football, and you would go you would have to be out and about. And you have to be out and about with your wife. Ooh, my wife has to go shopping in the mall and I have to be a husband. Ooh, gross. And I'm going to miss the big games. Ooh, gross. So what they used to do was they would have portable radios and they have the headphones in. I remember that was a thing for a while is portable radios and they listen to the thing in the stores. Because that was like this, that was like the 80s was the portable radios. Uh, and they would really, and in, in the, uh, yeah, if the touchdown happens. And then in the, uh, <coughs> in like the 90s and 2000s, when the, uh, the World Wide Web would be on your phone, you can get text alerts and sports scores directly on your phone. Oh, wow. You, you can now see the score is seven to four. And you would see people on their, like, phones like a flip phone looking at the scores and screaming at the graduation. And that would even be a thing even when the iPhone existed because there was no way to watch a streaming media of a sport. So you would end up looking at Twitter of what's the sports score and keep getting your updates there or going to ESPN.com and getting your sports update there. So when it comes time to now that you can watch streaming media on your phone, YouTube, you can do streaming on your YouTube, you can do Twitch. Hey, that changed the game now. You can watch it in real time. Of course, your bandwidth will be borked, and I hope you have like a good data plan, but it's changed. So now people who are these husbands, and I've seen them, they are on their phone watching a sports event on their phone, a live television on their phone. As in they are watching, like, I believe an NBC feed on their phone. And that's cool. To me, that is the future of where media is heading. I don't know if that was a Peacock thing or something, because I was a little dumb at the time. But this was, like, last year, right when I left, like, for the first time. I saw someone on their phone watching live sport. And I went, this is cool. That's where everything has to be heading. 
So when I see things like, well, we should go back to cable and all that. No, I think cable is, I'm not gonna say cable is dead. I'm saying cable is kind of just the place to store streaming services until we figure out a place to go. It's basically paid Pluto TV. Your GSN is still around. It, I don't know why. I guess people want to keep watching stuff. But, like, we are now at the time where we are going to go back to the days of someone having, like, a DVD on loop in the lobby. Or uh, somebody finding the uh, DVD of the fish tank. Remember, the, like, before screensavers, someone just had a fish tank DVD to sell? Something like that. We're bringing that back. Anyway, um, I think that's where me is headed. And it's really exciting, but also really scary because phones. Um, <clears throat> now, social media for me, that's where it's just getting worse. Because, wow, television is getting better on the internet. And while well, sports is getting better on the internet. And I really hope to God the Writers Guild and SAG After get something for the future going online because these are Emmy-winning shows and Oscar-winning movies that are on the internet. They need to get something, Jesus. If they're getting these awards, and these are the Academy Awards, this is the, the big-time awards, they need fucking something. You can't just call it a web show anymore. And... That's where everything's going. Now, I'm not saying, oh, boo, Netflix, boo, Hulu, boo. I, I, I'm not siding with them by any stretch. But I think that if push comes to shove, they might make a deal that would be beneficial to both unions. Because if the future is headed that way, the future needs to have a little bit of that old Hollywood with the new Hollywood. And I don't mean gatekeep. I just mean be more accessible. Which leads me to this sort of thing that, I, that has been on my mind. Because television and YouTube, like Nebula, I would say, hey folks, get a Nebula subscription. If, if you want to support small creators, do one of those. Uh, but I'm always rooting for things like Dropout. I'm always rooting for things like Nebula. I think those have become better in the long run than Netflix. And I love when Giant Bomb used to have premium membership. And I think people still do that with Patreons and all this other stuff. But if there's a way to get something that's like a one-all Patreon for all this content, then fuck yes, I would pay for that. But here's what's been on my mind. <laughs> so, uh, kick. There was this one point where, like, for a month, people were excited about kick. It's the Twitch alternative. And what I saw was, uh, we got XQC for a hundred million dollars, and we got the bathtub. Gamer girl bathwater lady, and we're gonna do. 
And it's all this shit that's like from the G4 era that's like, oh, okay. Huh. And then it's like, well, what did they do? Oh, she's in the bikini doing softcore pornography. Okay, well, anyone with an OnlyFans account can do that, and I would rather pay money to them or Fansly for many vids. Clips for sale. Um. And XQC was like, I'm going to do slot machine gambling because that's illegal on Twitch, but I can do it here. And the clips I saw online was like him getting pissed he's losing money and then he's getting pissed his cleaners are in his room while he's streaming. And I'm thinking, you, he, he lives by himself, right? So he knows the cleaners are coming. So he can't do... If he's going to... No, he shouldn't stream at this time, right? But he's going to stream gambling. Now, I'm not going to, you know, wag the finger at gamble streams. I, I watched a whole lot of slot machine videos over the last few weeks. They're very addictive. But what I've noticed about them is very boring it's the most boring let's plays to fucking watch because you're not actually playing most of the time they're losing and they're not saying much they're just hitting the button going uh-huh a team here we go yep this time nope we're doing again hundred dollars fifty dollars we could all right that's twenty dollars that's not a lot but we'll you might as well be playing scratch and win lottery tickets it's so lame in so at least when I watch a gamble stream it's either someone like hey I just saw this cool slot machine in Vegas I want to show it off to you similar to the grown up version of arcade Matt come on baby we're getting the jackpot instead of you know 100 tickets it's $100 probably better than 100 tickets uh what I've noticed is that the, these they're know nothing. I like poker shows. I like I like the whole concept of a lot of gambling. I like learning about roulette and watching people play craps. But seeing a slot machine stream, seeing people play like, well, I forgot what the website is, and they're doing like plinko. It's shit. At least, at least the fantasy gambles, the people who do like the sports betting, at least you can make a podcast out of it. You can make video content. You can go the, the Indianapolis Colts are going to lose this time and that's a lock-in. Like, you can do that. And it makes sense because you're just kind of hypothetical on gaming. It's it's like, hey, who's going to win this, this sport? Makes sense. But a guy playing a fucking... LCD slot machine with bars and cherries? No. Gross. And then, well, I'll do reaction videos. Maybe this will be like supporting small-time streamers and I'll offer commentary. And they fucking leave. They fucking bolt. So it's not really overlaying your own content on the content. Now you're making money off someone else's content by leaving it on. And that's just sort of just gross as well. And I, to me, that is really upsetting. Cause like, I get it. You want to do commentary videos, 
commentary's tough. And, and when you're juggling a stream and juggling all shit, you, you should really make time for it. And it's a tough process. Streaming isn't easy. That's why you should fucking not stream. And Kick is allowing this shit, so it's basically just like how X is allowing the dumbest people to make money off the worst shit. Kick is making people make money off the worst shit, but in gaming form. Twitch, on the other hand, still has things like the 24-7 MST3K channel and Bob Ross and places where you can kind of see people play with Mario Maker, people play uh, Mario Party or, or, or speed run games. And those, yes, those are exciting and those are fun. And when it comes to gaming, the idea is supposed to be like, hey, this is a hobby, let's share the fucking hobby. I don't think that's happening anymore. So, <clears throat> that has also been on my mind for the longest, for, for a long time. Game journalism. I love video games. I Originally, when I graduated high school and I was in college, before I wanted to make fun of internet bullshit artists, I wanted to be a game journalist. Because I was raised on the be funny about video games idea. You don't have to take video games too seriously, but you can have fun with them because video games are fun. And maybe that's just because I was raised by G4 or something, and now they're gone a second time. But um, I game content sucks. Not a lot of people are having fun with video games the way I would perceive having fun. When they're streaming a game, they have to be for the audience. They have to scream, oh my god, a jump scare. Or they have to be like, yeah, baby, let's fucking go! And it's like, I've never done that playing a game. I sometimes out loud by myself go, oh shit. But no. I mean, I... I I don't like that fabrication of playing a game. And a lot of times it's the people, oh, I'm playing a, a bad game, so I'm pissed off, ooh, angry, and they're just being like the conservative culture critics we said at the start of the show. These are... I don't think anyone's really having fun with these games. Speedrunning, you have to be fast, and if you're not fast enough, you get angry, and then you get pissed off because you want to be the fastest, so you, you're, you're beating yourself up. Esports is the same way. Evo happened uh, a couple weeks ago, and while I thought it was really exciting fights, I don't know any of these people, I don't really know any of these games, because again, I've been out of the loop. But again, this is a tournament, this is esports, and they take the game very fucking seriously. I don't like when games are taken that seriously. And it's just, to me, I, even though, hey, this is really cool gameplay, I was looking at them and going, oh, they are fucking not happy to be here. That's, that's everything. Twitch, they play games, but it's not because I want to play this game. Oh my God, this is one of my favorite games. I'm new about this game. It's a background thing for them to do while looking at a chat. It is. It's just background. You might as well be doing what I'm doing with the lo-fi beats and chatting. It's just instead of the lo-fi beats, maybe we'll see Pikmin. Maybe.
maybe we'll see some Pikmin. Maybe the Legend of Zelda will be showing. And I could say thank you for the 100 bits. Gaming content has been terrible for a long time. And I wish I could fix it. I wish I could go, well, this is the way to do it. But I've honestly said, well, G4 is going to be that kind of thing. By having authentic game reviews and news and having a throwback to the days when people would get interviews about upcoming games and there wouldn't be this sort of uh, pretentiousness in the industry. Uh, it's become way more pretentious. It's now, let's get content creators to do sponsored streams and they go, oh wow, you guys, Assassin's Creed's coming up. It's my favorite game. Oh wow, cool, I love when this happens. This is so fucking cool. Only for like two months later ago, oh, I never really played the game after that sponsored stream. It looked cool, but I got the money. That's fucking content these days. In game journalism, as much as I loved it and wanted to it, the problem with game journalism is, and every game journalist will tell you this, they have to play the game fast. It's not about enjoying the fucking game. It's how fast can I play it enough to do the review because there's a deadline. And we just got this game in two weeks ago and it's a difficult game and there's no strategy guide. So, oh shit, what do I do? They don't have time to savor the cutscenes. They don't have time to savor the music. So they are just stuck on beat the game, beat the game, beat the game, so then I can write the game. They don't have time to enjoy. And gaming should be fun. It should be, I hate to say casual, but gaming is best played casual. It's best played on your own time. But unfortunately, things like Fortnite kind of push you to play every day because hey there's something in the store like jujitsu kaizu i got gojo over the weekend my favorite jujitsu kaizen character the gojo but hey you you better check in today because maybe gojo has gone and you might get someone new maybe uh one piece will show up and you might get a zoro wouldn't that be cool uh <clears throat> And then when I see things like the Jackbox Party Pack, I get worse because then I get fucking anxiety. I don't have a big audience to play these games and they really push Jackbox. I love you guys. Everyone there is creative and funny and I, I'm like mutuals with so many of you. But when I hear you can play with thousands of your friends on stream, you can play with eight players in this. I could barely get three, let alone four, to show up to a stream of mine to play the game, even if I tell them weeks in advance. I don't have the friends. And when you don't have the friends, and this is a party pack, you beat yourself up and you realize, why the fuck do I even have this game series? Why even bother playing it? And not to mention, and this is another gripe, with the Jackbox Party Pack game, some of these people never played for the first time. So you have to redo the instructions and they still get confused. They're not really good at figuring out how the instructions for these games work because a lot of it is fucking improv games. Say the first thing that comes to your head and then we'll work on a sentence that is derived from it, which is just improv comedy. Get a suggestion from the audience and then off that suggestion come up with something else. 
hey, in this game, you're gonna be a character. Improv fucking comedy. In this game, there's gonna be a slideshow and you have to talk your way through it. Improv comedy. In this game, there's a product and you have to sell it. Improv fucking comedy. It's all improv fucking comedy. But hey, I'm not seeing the fucking UCB play in this game. I don't see the Groundlings playing this game. I don't see Second City playing this game. I see sometimes they do, but they're like on their sidelines, on their side channels, trying to make extra income because being a theater actor kind of sucks and you don't get much money. And when it comes to a thing like a Jackbox and you don't have many friends, well, you spend 25 bucks on a, on a Halloween night and nobody shows up and then you just feel sad. Anyway, the games this lineup uh, I wanted to talk about uh, because, hey, they finally all got announced. And uh, let me go through all of the Jackbox Party Pack uh, 10. So here is all the games for Jackbox Party Pack 10 this fall. We got TKO2. Guys, TKO2 is coming up. It is a writing drawing game. Obviously, TK1, TKO1 was popular. So they're going to do more of you draw a dick and then somebody says mm, beefy and then they win. Fixie Text is a Wild West of text ending chaotic game. Everyone's in a group chat typing all at once. Make the memorable statement. And there's no delete case, so there's no autocorrect, which means it's basically WordSpud 2. Hypnotorious is a hidden identity game where there's secret roles and alliances and silly answers. You have to figure out who's who amongst the clues, which is basically an improv game mixed with like the mass Singer or Claim to Fame, where it's, hey, we gotta get the clues to figure out what this is. Time Jinx is a history-themed trivia show, which is kind of cool because I love trivia games, but there's nothing really new to the table here uh, because it's all about past pop culture things. So it's really, hey, remember the 80s. And Dodo Remi is a rhythm game using your phones, which is cool. A rhythm game is a new thing on Jackbox. They always do an experimental but it feels like that's such a like let's pass the time while we wait for Jerry to come back with the with the alcohol. It doesn't feel like such a game where we should really get excited about. Plus, it feels like because it's dodo birds and different sound effects, you're basically doing what Trombone Hero did last year where it's like a comical rhythm game. And I feel like that's just a little outdated. It feels kind of like how uh, Bombcore happened right when uh, Keep Calm and Nothing Explodes showed up. Maybe eventually there'll be a card game. Wouldn't that be exciting? Like their own take on Uno. But for now, they have basically a TKO, an improv game, a trivia game, and Words But Two. I'm not saying it's the best pack. I'm just saying, I don't know if that's exciting. This leads me to, again, game journalism. I wanted to be a game journalist. And obviously, I already had my, my doubts on this game, even though I should enjoy it. But 
when game content is not really that anymore, I just sort of get a little disappointed. A lot of the content that you see online these days, it's no disrespect to Gerard or Arlo. It's that single handed. I'm doing a review stream. Hey, guys, you remember Armored Core? Hey, guys. We're doing Sega Month. We're going to be talking about uh, Space Channel 5 this week. It's like rehashing Nostalgia Critic. And it's like been 10 years. Come on. My favorite kind of gaming content these days comes from Noclip. Because Danny does these great uh, interviews with with developers and trying to come up with a story of the consequences of making a game and success even with a failure of a title. Another one I really enjoyed, it was when Drew Scanlon, before he went to Digital Eclipse, he did Cloth Map, which was like a travel series where he went to like other countries and saw their arcades and tried to figure out like the customs. And I thought that was such a really cool concept, but he, I think he kind of stopped doing that when he went to a digital eclipse to work on what is arguably some really good documentary games such as Atari 50. So when it comes to me, and I'm going to make this about myself because I, that's the podcast. I don't know what the fuck to do. Obviously, right now, the focus is take care of her. Consume when I can, chat when I can, but there's really nothing for me. And that sucks when everything is moving online. It feels like... It feels like I squandered all the talent I could have, and it feels a little too late for me to succeed. Additionally, it just feels like the content these days isn't really up to snuff, except for a few things here and there, and I really want to promote those. I really love jet lag. I, I binge-watched all the seasons in the course of three weeks, because I wanted to talk about them for game shows, I suppose. Instead of doing that episode, I'm doing a podcast with Jordan Haas because I want to sidetrack and talk about how Threads X Blue Sky is doing and talk about Barbie and just like that whole woke broke bullshit. It's just like people get upset about nothing. Folks, stop giving them the attention. Block them, mute them, whatever you can. They want the engagement. They don't give a shit. They will bullshit their way if it makes them look good. They want to be famed reviewers. They want to be annoying assholes. Stop giving them the attention. They're the bratty little brother you don't need to really hang out with. If you can ditch your fucking family, you can fucking ditch these YouTube dipshits. Anyway. That leads me to uh, just some last minute thoughts here is I don't know what to do. I know one day I want to make a game show on the internet. It's still on the table for me. I want to see what I can do offline that's really fun and engaging. Rather it's like a mini golf course or an arcade of some kind. Something like that always seems fun. Of course you need money for that shit and I didn't win the lottery so fuck this. 
Um, but I, I just don't know what to do. I'm. It's not I'm a loss for words. It's it's always gonna internet always is going to appeal to younger and younger people. And we have to be the boomer audience that has to push aside. And I think the biggest challenge is going to be coming up with whatever is old pe- is is going to be the CBS for content versus what's the MTV young generation stuff and try not to sully that shit. Even though we are in the 90s generation of ironically saying sus and floss dancing and all that other shit. We're still ironic bros, as it were. Uh, so. Essentially, I want to promote better internet content. I want to say, hey, this is really good, here's why. And the last few weeks, the only big pro that I saw this dropout with Make Some Noise returning this week and uh, Jet Lag being a really, really, really good reality show. I recommend watching that. It's on YouTube. It's free. Check it out. Uh, And check out Nebula because there's a lot of great content. My favorite thing that I saw because I had a subscription way back then was Tom Scott's Money, which I talked about briefly on a game shows I suppose extra on Patreon. It's interesting the way they handle game theory in that show. And I just like more of that. And maybe it's because I, I just like more smarter ideas. I like smarter and dumber. I like things that can be smart and stupid and silly. And not a lot of people can nail that. They have to go into the lowest common denominator or be a character where they have to be goofy all the time or they have to be the the smart ass like the I wish YouTube would be less like web comics from the 2000s where they're the smart person and everyone else is the idiot. It's okay to be the idiot. I'm I'm a dumbass myself. I'm, but I know other things. Unfortunately, uh There is no job for me in the exciting world of education, in the world of computers, because everything's on phones. And also, I don't want to check out people going to 4chan or finding out some kids were on Rule 34. It's just gross. All right, so anyway... The last thing I want to talk about, besides, wow, this is all shit. Uh, why the fuck am I getting Mischief ads? Originally, Mischief was like this like art study thing that's like, yeah, down with capitalism and down with like corporate sponsorship. And we don't, like, we're going to throw all this money to the people and we're going to do all these weird stunts. And now I'm seeing like, oh, we have sneakers that are $3,000 and Crocs and we have a big boot. It's all hype sneaks. They're in the hype market. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, they really did sell out. That was just my thought as well. Mischief sold out. Okay, so 
I just, I just want to say that. Mischief, I think, sold out. Uh, so that is it for today's episode. I would say follow me on Threads X Blue Sky, but I don't fucking know if you can find me on Threads X Blue Sky. So keep following me here at jordanhaas.com. I'm sure there's social links to go to these places. Um... I think Elon Musk is still the dumbest baby, and I think everyone's attention on that fight was really stupid. I wanted to so so oh yeah, that was something I want to talk about the Elon, Elon Musk Musk Zuck fight. So let's go through the whole history of this thing. Mark Zuckerberg uh, wants to work out, so he got an MMA like mixed martial arts gym, and he learned some mixed martial arts. Because this is like fucking AEW with Jim Cornette, uh, the dipshits with Elon Musk goes, Hey, uh, Zuck can do that. Do you think you can do that, Musk? And because Elon Musk is a dipshit and will basically be like Trump and go, Yeah, I'd do it. He, they hype that up into being a fight. Because Zuck says, Okay, it's a fight then. Okay, I'll kick your ass. By the way, Threads is out now. I take that personally is elon musk because oh man now you're trying to beat me with threads well fuck you elon musk i'm gonna fuck and so they're fighting each other then it's just tantrum fight with elon musk zuck is still like zoned out like yeah i don't care i'm just gonna fight him i guess zuck is going yeah i guess i'll fight him yeah sure Elon Musk is like, yeah, I'm going to kick his ass. I'm going to win the fight, by the way. And it's going to be so epic, you guys. I'm like WWE style. Then Elon's mom is like, uh, guys, Elon's tummy hurts. He can't fight. So the fight is called off when it never existed in the first place. So then, oh, man, there's no fight because Elon's mom had to step in. And then Elon jumps back in well actually it is happening it's going to be on uh, x video x video and, and it's also going to be a charity event and it's going to be available at, in in the uh, roman coliseum and it's going to be totally epic you guys totally epic bacon for the win totally awesome sauce totally i can't has cheeseburgers and elon and then mark zuckerberg is like uh, i'm just still working on threads here in the metaverse and VR and what is this? I'm not hearing this. I scheduled a date. I said, hey, I'll fight you on this day if this is real. This is my day. And you said you can't make it because your tummy hurts again. I don't think you're serious about this. I think you're a coward. So then Elon Musk is going to, well, I'm not a coward. Well, if I, you're, 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 you're shit. Fuck you. You're, you're, you fuck you. I'm, and then I realize, <coughs> folks, Elon Musk is not a genius. I wish people would stop saying he's a real life Tony Stark. He's not even an industrialist. He's a kid with autism who had shitloads of money and his hyper focus is the letter X. The people around him have to babysit him. He's that on the spectrum. And I have friends who have Asperger's. I have friends who are like on the autism spectrum. I've seen them flare up and they are smarter and better and nicer and friendlier than Elon Musk. 
they know what's right or wrong, even when they are trying to say some shitty stuff. He's not smart. He just surrounded himself with people to make himself look smart. And by association, those people made the call, and that's how he made his money. He sold his shares of PayPal, and people use PayPal. So does Peter Thiel. And everyone loves Peter Thiel, right? Anyway. As I was saying... Mark Zuckerberg is a Harvard guy who dropped out after the success of Hot or Not becoming the Facebook, which became Facebook, a college place for college people to meet up. The College Facebook, which became this big social media site about 12 years ago when I was like in high school. And now it's become the place for your grandma to see conspiracy theories by Alex Jones. He doesn't care, but he's more honest about it. We will do better, but he won't. Oh, I'll look into that, and he won't. He's giving more better answers that could be summarized by an Elon Musk reply of concerning. But, and let's look at it this way. Mark Zuckerberg he made his money off Facebook. He made a successful product. He made a branding opportunity. He made something from the ground up work. Even though he's a real horrible person, he's a real nerdy dipshit too. Elon Musk is just a rich kid trying to buy his friends. It's way more embarrassing. It's way more stupid. He, he never invented Twitter. He's turning X into the Ultra app, but it's a shittier Twitter. <laughs> He's just made fucking Truth Social. So now you have to do a side of who do you root for? Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg? None. They're both billionaire assholes that are selling our data to make money off their already billions and billions of dollars. If I have to fucking pick between these two assholes, I'm going to go with Mark Zuckerberg. Why? Because Mark Zuckerberg has Instagram and he has my nudes. Elon Musk, he has like a Tesla. But from what I'm hearing, Tesla is only good when he's not around and when the updates aren't the Cybertruck. And his autopilot kills people. Wasn't that in the news? Like, hey, we tested autopilot on the Tesla and it didn't recognize a person and it got hit. Like, that happens. And the one thing, the one thing in the entire world, as much as I hate AI, as much as I don't want to be replaced by a robot, I want a self-driving car. That's my guiltiest pleasure of all this. That is my, like, I, unfortunately, my, my, my big secret in all of this world of, of social media and stuff. I really want a self-driving car. I really want, I get anxiety. I, I can't drive. And when I'm behind the wheel, I freak the fuck out. No matter how many times I try to drive, 
panic strikes. I don't know what it is. I think it's trauma at an early age. I think it's teenage trauma at the same time. But that anxiety hits. So as soon as I room from the car, even when it's just a test driver, hey, learn to go forward or backward. I can't do it. But if there's a self-driving feature, it might relax me just a little bit more, especially if it's safe. I just want to know that, hey, if I have to be the only person and I can't, because let's face it, Uber's expensive and I live in a fucking place where you have to drive everywhere, it fucking sucks. So the second I have the courage to drive a car, I would rather have it have that self-driving feature, a working self-driving feature, put that in asterisk, a working self-driving feature, so I don't have that anxiety. I have that security of, well, if I can't figure it out, this robot bleep loop can. Because sometimes I'm a little tired. I'm not as alert, but you have to be at some place at five o'clock. And that would be a lifesaver. That would be a life changer. And I think that technology is here right now. It's just, we just don't see it. We just don't hear about it because the stuff that we do see is the shittier version of it. It's the cruise control version of it. And I don't think people want cruise control. They want like the cool, it can drive when I'm scared. It can watch my kid (laughs) and I don't have to worry. There's already robot taxi drivers on the road. So I think we're really close. But Zuckerberg isn't in that department. And Elon Musk, as much as he says he is, is not. His business is memes. I think if anything, Elon Musk is just like, he should just buy iFunny and that's it. He should just be buying like all of these like web like web 2000s comedy websites. He should buy like cracked. He should buy like something awful. He should buy uh he should buy what what was it? Um Newgrounds. He should buy Newgrounds. He should buy a uh, break.com. Funny or die. He should just go down all the list of all of these like comedy websites and just fucking be the most annoying person there because that's where he belongs because he shouldn't be taken seriously ever Zuckerberg I believe him if he says he's coming after me I will fucking freak the shit out but also I do love the idea of him being an android robot and having barbecue sauce wherever possible because I think my favorite meme of Zuckerberg is just a lonesome bottle of sweet baby rays that's unopened on his bookshelf. I think that's just funny. Um, anyway, did you hear Trump got indicted again? This is going to definitely be the end of his presidency. This is it, folks. We got him. This is it, folks. We got him. Trump, 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 bad man. We got him. We got him. Okay, so all, all things seriously, he's fucking going to be the nominee, right? 
we, we don't have to play the fucking we have to go through this like for a fucking year but he's he's gonna be a nominee right he could be in handcuffs he can go the full on prison look from like a spirit halloween store he's still gonna get the fucking nominee because all the other people are whacked up that will defend the shit out of this guy they're all cucks is what i'm saying um so the shout out though was on monday right before this recording uh, rachel maddow on msnbc uh had hillary clinton as a guest when the news broke and i fucking laughed that is top tier trolling and top tier genius move because that's just the sort of well i'm hillary kind of situation and it's also just that sort of like yep yeah, it's hillary remember yeah it's we sure to love our comedy don't we yep anyway uh that is gonna be it for this episode i know i've been rambling before i go i'm going to shout out uh three podcasts right now uh, well four four podcasts i've been listening to five no i've been listening to a lot of podcasts guys brian quimby's guys uh they recently did an episode about warhammer it's a really good listen check it out podcast the ride has their a uh, big is their las vegas groove blender live show is now up check it out it's one of the funnier podcast the right episodes although i do suggest going to the second gate because they talk about omega mart a really good listen uh curators with uh jeremy and alex patak uh jeremy uh capulets and alex patak uh they have some great horror questions and it's just such a funny little format that they go into uh I really have enjoyed uh, not their last episode. <laughs> Your last episode sucked. No, uh, the episode beforehand, because they had really bizarre fucking questions about Dragon Ball Z, and I just bust out laughing. Uh, next on the list after that one is, of course, Cheap Show. Uh, the last few weeks, I've been listening to Cheap Show which is this British podcast uh, with Eli Silverman and uh, Paul Gannon where they look at charity shops and discount stores and dollar stores and like low budget goodwill stuff and whatever weird broken bullshit that they find at like the Salvation Army or Goodwill or Poundland they get to talk about it and show it off and this could be anything from weird vinyl records to snacks and it's such a interesting great podcast because it's all these like small low budget ideas but also like hey we're also gonna play a board game we're also gonna be playing a like a game show home game and they just take the piss on it and also there's some cum jokes who doesn't love a good cum joke so listen to a lot of podcasts check them all out if you can but for me I'm going to be trying to get some sleep soon. I hope you guys have a great month ahead. Hope you guys enjoy the Barbie movie still or Oppenheimer or Ninja Turtles or whatever it is you guys do. I'm going to be trying to get some sleep. Please send all your good thoughts. I don't know when I'll see you guys soon. 
I think this week the game shows I suppose uh, GSN block of shows are over. I don't have anything new playing at the moment because, uh, hey, this is my first time back on the computer. I have to record some shit for that to happen, and I don't know when I will have some free time. Maybe this weekend, who knows. But that is it. Thank you so much for stopping by. This is Jordan Haas, signing off. Take care. Call like my my adventures with Superman with the himbo Superman or Vash Stampede and the Trigun Stampede, whatever they call that, baby girl and yeah, uh, girl bossin, whatever. We need more of those in media. I think that would be the future. If we can get more himboy characters, soft boys. We need more soft boy characters. <laughs>